Welcome to Political Football Super Bowl Preview Edition. How you guys doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Eh, it's a little cold, man. I guess this reminds all of us where we come from. <laughs> it's been uh, it's been snowy, kind of cold, but we're not getting the, the worst of this. Um, my family in New Jersey just got buried. Yeah, we're all from places I think are getting a lot worse than us here. What do we get? Three inches, four inches out there? Yeah, catastrophic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Enough to piss off my dog to not go to the bathroom in the backyard. Oh, he, he, he doesn't like the uh, outside cold? <laughs> uh, well, he, he, he warmed up to it, but when he uh, we first opened the door and there was ice out there, he looked at me and he's like, the fuck are you talking about? I'm not going out there. <laughs> go Winston. Good That's you. right. <laughs> All right. So, you know, obviously we're in the, uh, the final throws of the season here. It's been a long time season a lot has happened obviously the two teams that are representing afc nfc have made it to the promised land and we're going to talk that stuff but before we do that we got to talk about some interesting transactions in the league and things that are going on prior to after the season ends where we kind of hear this stuff so it's kind of unprecedented that we hear people get moved around before the end of the season but you know here we are what we got so uh for i'm for, I'm sure every, all the fans, all the listeners of the show back in Michigan know this, but uh, I guess you somehow missed it. We had a blockbuster deal where Matt Stafford got traded to the L.A. Rams in exchange for Jared Goff, two first-round picks and a third-round pick. Um, and I'm just over the moon with with this trade. you know, an actual like scout writer, you know, connected NFL guy. He was like, you know, I'm not sure what the market's going to be. San Francisco might give us two seconds and two thirds for Stafford. And I was like, that's not acceptable. I actually said on Twitter that if they got anything less than two first, the new GM should be fired. He was literally just hired like a month ago. Um, So I was clearly in a good headspace about this. So for them to be able to flip him for... Uh, a starting quarterback, which Cleveland, I know your thoughts on, but a starting quarterback, two first round picks and a third round pick, I think was just absolutely incredible. I think it says a lot about, and again, I know you guys are going to bury me in an avalanche of like whatevers, but I actually think that that kind of stuff led to his contract being so monstrous that they had to some, some kind of way align that stuff up that he's that. Because I don't think, and again, I don't see what you guys see. I'm hoping you guys can convince me you know, this off season and during the next season that he's worth, you know, that. I mean, Stafford's leaving. Uh, you said something kind of funny in the beginning of, of your um, of your opening monologue about that. And it was like you guys are like over the moon about it. Like, are you guys happy to get him out right now? Well, um, no, he I mean, he said he said he wanted to leave um, and the Lions made it known that he was going to be leaving. So that sort of like takes away some of your leverage, right? You know, a little bit. Yeah. Right. So. So, yeah, so we're not over the moon that Stafford wanted to leave. I mean, that sucks. But at the same time, it's a full rebuild, and we got way more back than we thought we would once you found out that um, uh, what it would be. You know, so that's, that's why it's over the moon. It's not like, I mean, nobody with sense in Detroit dislikes Matt Stafford, right? So you guys don't think that he – so so let me ask you, since you're from the, from the region and you're a fan, you've been a fan for uh, your whole life – of the team so is it more uh that he wasn't given the help that he needed or 
I know you, you guys had some good good receivers at some point. You guys have decent receivers now. What was the dysfunction over there? So, um, man, that's a that is a loaded question. Um, yes, it is. <laughs> um, but the the main thing with Stafford, and I have some of these points set up here as well. The, the question is, Matt Stafford has never had a really good coach, and he hasn't had. You can make an argument that Jim Schwartz was a decent head coach, but he's also defensively minded. So he was stuck with like whatever loser offensive coordinators they were having at the time. You know, Matt Stafford has never had a really good coach in the NFL. Matt Stafford has had really good talent around him to work with. Um, not in whole, as I said, it's always two good players and 51 assholes, but he had Calvin Johnson for years. And then he had Kenny Galladay, like a fully operational Kenny Galladay, like the last two seasons. So seven out of his 10 years here, he's had either Calvin or Kenny G. The thing is in Los Angeles now, Sean McVay is a better football coach than all the Lions coaches of my lifetime put together. <laughs> like, like he's just a, a way better coach. The thing is, none of the players that they have out there in the Rams now are as good as Kenny Galladay, let alone uh, Calvin Johnson. So it'll be interesting to see the split where, you know, the Rams offense is full of decent players, um, even some really good players. I mean, I think Robert Woods is talented. I think Cooper Cup is talented. But none of them are as like the dominating downfield chuck it deep threat that Kenny Galladay is. And of course, you know, it'd be unfair to try to compare anybody to Calvin. So, you know, that to me is what's going to be really interesting about it. How much of an upgrade do you think this actually is for the Rams, Dave? So... Um, that's very interesting. The very first note I wrote down here is, quote, Stafford is clearly an improvement on Goff, but how much? Oh, yeah, exactly. That's kind of what I was getting at, because when I look at this, I mean, so to analyze this from the Lions perspective, this is probably one of the closest things or this offseason has been one of the closest things that we've seen to the recent NBA trends where these star players have been able to sort of, um, you know, take over and say, I want out and I want to go here. And generally in that sense, the teams that are trading these players don't get anything in return. And in this case, the Lions got a great haul in return, as you as you pointed out. So it's that, that part was very interesting to me because he basically made it known that he wanted to go to LA. There was mutual interest and they got a lot for him, even though knowing that there would be a lot less uh, leverage, I guess, for the, for the Lions in terms of what they would get back. But when I look at it from a football sense, it makes me wonder, is Sean McVay going to be that coach who's never going to be satisfied with his quarterback? Because the improvement from Goff to Stafford doesn't strike me as going from, say, great to elite. You, you know what I mean by that? Like it, It's like, I see it as an improvement, but is it an improvement to take them from where they've gone, where, where they have been, which is, what, three Super, three playoff appearances in a Super Bowl with Goff at the helm? Does that get them over the hump to winning a Super Bowl in what we know is a really stacked NFC as of right now? That part I'm not sure about. And I wonder is what's the next move if Stafford doesn't work out and McVay says, okay, this isn't the guy. Like, is he going to be one of those coaches who's never satisfied with his quarterback? Well, the thing is, is that Matt Stafford is going to work out. Matt Stafford will be good until he goes like the full like Drew Brees, Matt Ryan route when the arm just dies. Right. And that's the thing too that a lot of people outside of Detroit don't don't recognize is that Matt Stafford is like a really good quarterback. He's just been stuck in these awful situations in Detroit with these awful teams um, and these just complete dipshit coaches. 
you know, Matt Stafford is easily capable of winning the Super Bowl. So I think I think that it is an upgrade on Goff. He's more talented. Uh, you know, he's got like the fourth most come from behind victories since he since he came in the league, and he plays for the Lions. You know what I mean? Like it's hard to win games at all with the Lions. Um, so I don't think I don't think they have to worry about is you know is Matt Stafford going to be good enough for them to do what they want? I think that's the case. I think the point you made about them being compared to the other teams is really interesting because um, in that division now. You know, Stafford goes to the Rams, but Seattle still has Russ. Arizona still has Kyler. San Francisco, who the hell knows what they're going to do. The Rams had the third best quarterback in that division, maybe the fourth best, depending on your thoughts on Jimmy G. Now, they still have the third best, right? Because you would take Russ and Kyler over Stafford, right, Cleef? Yeah, I would. I would. give it. I mean, and honestly, not, not, the, not only the experience, more or less, uh, but a lot of the... Um, you know, I think the youth. Uh, I think, I mean, except the outliers, Tom Brady. I think, uh, and and Aaron Rodgers, of course. I think that you know, having a young quarterback, young coach, that type of thing, you know, says a lot. Um, I think Stafford is the kind of player. I don't know that you obviously know him personally, but I think that he's he's setting his ways of the kind of quarterback he is, and it's going to be interesting to see how he does with this young coach. Cleve, I absolutely love that you said the youth when you would draft a 38-year-old Aaron Rodgers to start your franchise right now. That was that was <laughs> before you guys made me see the light about the about the sample but I, I would still I would still take him um given you know his uh his body of work so to speak. Not only that but you missed an opportunity to go full my cousin Vinny and say I, I take the Utes in that in that division <laughs> Joyce's boy in me, you know. But uh, yeah, I, I just think, um, you know, to both your points, um, you know, the upgrade, uh, um, upgrade, downgrade or upgrade lateral is, is kind of important here. Yeah. So, oh, go ahead, Matt. I was going to say, now imagine if Aaron Rodgers comes to San Francisco. This division is ridiculous at this point. And Stafford could be maybe the fourth best quarterback, which isn't saying that he's bad, but the competition is very stiff in the NFC in general. Had he gone to say in Indianapolis... I feel like I would have felt a lot better just because I think the AFC was a little more wide open uh, as far as parity was concerned last year. And the NFC seemed very stacked to the point that we're all, except for me, surprised that the Bucks made the Super Bowl. Would, wouldn't, the, uh, wouldn't the trade to Indianapolis be like them getting Rivers all over again or no? No, no, no. no. Matt Stafford right now is way better than Philip Rivers like this year. Um mm-hmm. I'm not going to say Matt Stafford in his prime is better than Philip Rivers in his in his prime. The only time that people who aren't Lions fans tend to watch the Lions are on Red Zone, which is usually other teams scoring against the Lions, or on Thanksgiving. And this year they played without Galladay. Last year they played without Stafford. So like the last two showcase games for the Lions, like Stafford either hasn't played or looked terrible, and it's just like. There's not a real good, great appreciation for how good he is at playing at the quarterback position. That once you get a coach that can actually like, he doesn't. I, I mean, co- the coaches in Detroit never. I don't know if they ever made Matt Stafford better. Like I think he just sort of went out there and was like, I'm gonna have to do this all myself and just do my thing. And but Sean McVay, I think it's pretty obvious has gotten the most out of Jared Goff. If he gets the most out of Matt Stafford, that team can win the Super Bowl. I mean, they already won like 10 games this year. Yeah, I agree with that. Actually, when I was thinking about the Matt Stafford's progression, I mean, I think he has improved 
uh, you know, since his rookie year. But his improvement is not tied to a specific coach the way that a lot of these quarterbacks are. Like Goff, we think, improved under Sean McVay compared to Jeff Fisher. But we're giving a lot more of the credit to McVay in that case. Whereas we're not doing that with Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford improved on his own volition, despite a lot of the challenges that were faced with coaching staff schemes and lack of talent around him. So at this point, I think you're right, Dave. If McVay can get his hands on him and McVay is the coach that we've all believed he is and he can get the maximum out of current Matt Stafford, which I think is better than maximum of current Jared Goff. Yeah, I, I think that that does speak to the kind of talent that Stafford is. But I also wonder how long the window is too, because obviously he's on the north end of 30 and everybody except for Rodgers, Brady, and even Brees to an extent, although Brees fell off this year, uh, you know, they start to decline getting close to 35. So I think the Rams do have a window, but it is, it's going to be very tight given the talent around them in the division and in the conference. Interesting question. Why did the, so obviously before this trade happened, there were talks or, you know, minimal talks in, in New England. Why did um, this make sense over going to a superior coach? Because Matt Stafford didn't want to go to New England. You know, I think. Is it is it culture there or like is it? It's probably because, I mean. Well, I mean, let, let me ask you. Realistically, if you are somebody who is Matt Stafford and you can kind of dictate where you'd like to go and you watch the Rams last year who made it to the playoffs and lost. Or you look at New England, whose best quarterback might have been one of their wide receivers. Like, what are you thinking about, you know, in terms of where you want to go? Not only that, but you're going from playing in a dome predominantly to playing in New England, which is cold as hell, right? Belichick isn't the most friendly coach. We know that. And some players, that doesn't work with them. It just happened to work with Tom for probably a lot longer than he would have liked for it but you get to go to la you play in a dome again you're playing for mcveigh who is the younger coach there's a lot more of a window to play with him than say belichick i mean hell belichick may end up retiring after next year if things don't end up working out and the patriots really have no future what's he going to stick around for you know what i mean mm -hmm. so i think looking at it long term the patriots weren't an attractive option for matt stafford specifically because what are they going to do to build around him like they had things that they had the ability to do so, but they don't have the talent right now. Whereas the Rams have some talent right now with Woods Cup, and obviously offensively, you know, scheme-wise, they have a superior scheme currently with the players that they have, and they can add on. They can add some things. Like it's a lot more of an attractive destination now that Matt Stafford is there. So I, that's why I think he didn't want to go to New England. There's there's another piece to that that uh, you didn't mention, Matt. And so I have a question for you guys. So Matt Stafford got drafted first overall in 2009. So basically he he came to the Lions when Obama got inaugurated. Like his first year Lions, first year Obama, right? Who was the best individual Lions defensive player in that time period? Quick, name one. Name an all-pro Lions defensive player in that time period. Jesus, I, I'm, I'm, I'm far-fetched to even did, name it. Exactly. Did Darius... I was going to say, did Darius Slay ever make a Pro Bowl? Yes. So there's there's two. You have Indomitian Sue at the beginning and Darius Slay towards the end. Yep. In, L in L.A., he has Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey on the other side, too. Mm -hmm. Right. Part of the problem with, with him in Detroit is that if he would turn the ball over, it's an automatic touchdown for the other team because the Lions defense is trash. Right. In, um, in L.A., you know, you got Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey on the other side. There's also a little bit of leeway there as well. So, like, to me, I think you want to go to the Rams because the Rams are the best fit. I want to tell myself it's because he thinks the Patriots are trash. 
but I don't think that's the case. I think it's just the Rams are so so obviously the best fit. Yeah, and I think if I mean, he's smart, he's savvy, he's looking at where he is in his career, the age, and how much of a window he has to play at, at an elite level the way that he has been, you know, in his prime. And I would go to the best fit, and I, I don't think that the Patriots were the best fit as much as I would have loved to see him in New England from his perspective and his lens. It, New England was not the best fit. Yeah, absolutely. And so the Stafford side of this is the more interesting side because the Rams are, you know, going to be competing for a championship now with with his addition for sure. Uh, but I do want to talk about the Jared Goff side of this as well, specifically Jared Goff himself. So before we get started, Cleve, I do want to point this out that the new Lions Journal manager, Brad Holmes, came from the Rams. And while he was at the Rams, he was the person that scouted Jared Goff and made the huge, the huge pitch to trade up to draft him in the first place. And then Jeff Fisher took his shit all right. over him. For, so for it's, it's pretty clear that Brad Holmes is a believer in Jared Goff. So I think that from the Lions GM perspective, he would probably would have rather had Stafford, but Stafford says, I'm out. So he was like, okay, I'm going to go get a quarterback that I believe in and two first round picks and a third round pick. Right. You know, I think I think that's that's really good. But it should be noted that, like, you know, the the GM of the Lions basically drafted Jared Goff. The next thing is that Jared Goff will start at least one year in Detroit if he's not uh, traded before the season. So you think it's a it's a it's a grabbing grab and go situation? We grab him, see what what collateral. I mean, sorry, see what what's on the market for him, and then trade him. Yeah, again. I mean, the th- the problem is his contract, but um, you know, I could see them trying to flip him again for another trip. Uh, flip Jared Goff now for a first round pick. And they just keep stacking up, stacking up the picks. But that's going to be much harder. But he will be, he will be starting for the Lions for at least one year because I know you had some thoughts that you did not think that Jared Goff was a starting caliber. Like last week when we were doing starter backup with the list that Schefter put out, you you immediately said Jared Goff mm-hmm. backup, and I said no, Jared Goff is a starter. This is before the trade. Um, so do you are you still under the do you still think that Jared Goff is not a starting level quarterback in the league? I, yeah, I, I'm a stand on that. I stand on that. Um, I don't think he's, I think he's, you know, the time with McVay, obviously, um, I could see that conversation going, hey, you told us to pay this guy. We went to a Super Bowl and he fell for the Patriots curse because every quarterback after, well, not every, but the two that we can think of, um, actually three, um, after they played New England, they weren't the same kind of quarterback. So I just don't see, I don't see him starting, bro. I mean, for the Lions, yes, because obviously, you know, who who else you guys got on the roster or to bring or to bring in? So he's good. It, that's a default. But I I kind of see him. I think he peaked. I think he peaked. And to Matt's point last week about how the market dictates what the market dictates, it, it, they had to pay him. They had to pay him. So um, this is a cautionary tale, I think, for a lot of teams who are looking like Dak, who are looking to pay someone and then. They, you know, it doesn't pan out to what it is. Yeah, I mean the the economic paradigm in the NFL right now is you get to the end of that rookie contract and you have to make a decision, and the decision is either to pay, and in order to pay, you have to go with whatever the current going market rate is. I mean, it's just standard economics, mm-hmm. right? So I understand that his talent doesn't match up with the amount of money that they paid him. But that's how much they had to pay him because their other decision is to either let him go and start completely over. 
And mm-hmm. when you don't like when you have to think about what's the next option, it's why I've been wondering why the Cowboys, I mean, haven't paid Dak because it's like, well, where are you going to go if you don't keep him or if you don't sign him? Like, what yep. is your next option? And I don't know if the Rams had a better option. This offseason, they did because they have a lot of guys who they could go out and get and they had to give up a lot for them. But that's what they felt was the best thing to do. But as far as like being a starter in the league, I think you have to look at it as, you know, compared to the current situations for a lot of these teams out there. Like, would Jared Goff be a an improvement for like every team in the NFC East except for the Cowboys? Probably. You know, like there's a lot of other teams too that given their current situation would probably take a guy like Goff because he would be an upgrade over what they started last year. Uh, but I understand what you're saying, Cleve, that like in a vacuum, he may not seem like an NFL starter. But I think when you're thinking about whether a guy is a starter or a backup, you have to look at it in comparison to his talent level and also whatever the current situations are for teams in which he could be an improvement. And that doesn't mean that he's, you know, he's going to work out for them long term, but he's not being asked to be a franchise guy anymore. Like that's what the Rams thought he was when they drafted him where they drafted him. Now these teams are looking to improve on their situation because maybe they are a competent quarterback away from being better. Like, I think there are some teams like, what about Denver? Like if Drew Locke played, didn't play uh, for Denver and Jared Goff was their starter, would they have been better last year? They probably would have been better than 5-11 and because Drew Locke had some abysmal games and they have a lot of talent on, you know, wide receiver-wise in that team. So I think that's mm-hmm. I think that's how I look at it, and I don't necessarily think that you are wrong in thinking that because okay, the shine is off of him, but I think talent-wise, compared to the other starting quarterbacks in the league, it's kind of similar to Kaepernick. Like you think that Kaepernick should be in the league because he's better than a lot of the uh, the backups that we've seen out there, and I, that's kind of the way I look at it. It's just comparative to what is out there right now. Cleve, who would you rather have quarterbacking the Jets this coming season, Jared Goff or Kirk Cousins? You're gonna you're gonna act like you're gonna avalanche me. You take Cousins. Is it is it is it a close decision though? No, no, it's 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 yeah, it's it's uh it comes down to a few different things, but no, it's not it's not like I said it fast because I would I don't I'm not a fan of Jared. I don't think he's a bad person. So anyone listening, I don't hate the guy. I don't know him to hate him. I just think that. When um, I had a kind of like uh, biased opinion of when they got paid, um, when he got paid and a lot of guys, you know, who tried to go to the well didn't. But again, Matt makes a great point. I keep alluding to it is that, you know, it doesn't matter what what happens. It's like, yo, the going rate today is this. You got right. it or you don't got it. You know, so I, I understand that. I just think that what we saw in the Super Bowl um when they played the Patriots, obviously it wasn't it wasn't a, 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 a you know shootout or whatever, but it came down to how the coaching, superior coach, rookie kind of coach, quarterback superior, you know big moment for a young quarterback, and we we, we wanted that again, but I think that that cart was hitched to Gurley, and then Gurley you know obviously being not Gurley at some point, I think it's it's he needs a, he needs a supporting cast. And you had a supporting cast with the wide receiver core that was in mm-hmm. LA already. So I just don't, you know, I just it'll be interesting to see. I mean, if he goes to the to the Lions and lights it up, bro, then I'll I'll actually apologize. To, you know, I'll do my apology tour. Or as of right now, 
I don't well, think he's not going to light it up in Detroit because uh, Coach Bite Kneecaps is definitely going to try to establish the run. Um, <laughs> God. I was actually going to say, Goff's going to be really good at biting kneecaps in Detroit at the very least. He'll be a starter in that regard. Yeah, just, just absolutely <laughs> unbelievable. I mean, don't get me wrong. Detroit's going to be an absolute dumpster fire um, this season. I mean, here's my thought. They, they bring Goff in uh, this year. He's okay. They go to the they go to either a rookie quarterback the next year or they bring in the rookie quarterback they draft this draft who sits for a year. They go like four and twelve. They snap off knee biting coach because he obviously sucks. Um, and then and then they're able to move on with the draft picks that they got for Goff and like a new coach and and something like that. That's 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 sort of my hope. I I don't want them being like Detroit Pistons purgatory hell where they're just good enough to not fire the coach year after year. Now, Cleveland, the reason I asked about Goff or Cousins is that if Aaron Rodgers leaves the division, either Goff or Cousins will be the best quarterback in the division. That's, I guess that's why you asked. Like, I, yep. I kind of picked that up. That's why you asked. The, let me ask you something, Dave, you know, being a Lions fan. If there was a, um, a grab-and-go situation here, what would be your fantasy scenario for offloading him for who? Uh, just, just more picks. Um, and honestly, and honestly, it doesn't have to be another first rounder for for Jared Goff because the thing is that the contract is so bad. You know, we have to we have to acknowledge that the Lions got two first round picks. One of those first was for Stafford. The other first was to take Goff's contract, right? Um. Yeah. So even if they got like a whole bunch of, you know, they got a second and a third and then a fifth a different year or something like that, like you know, just building up picks because. Mm -hmm. As we'll talk about this more as we get closer to the draft and we do the draft shows, you know, you just want to have those bolts in the chamber because drafting is a very inexact science. And so, you know, sometimes you just want to have that extra third round pick because third round picks, Kenny Galladay, Alvin Kamara, like, you know, they're going to be there. You know, uh, Russ Wilson was a third round pick. Like the players are going to be there. So the more times you get to draft there, the more likely you are to hit on one of them. Whereas like if you pick in the top 10, it should be pretty easy to identify a player that's good. Hint, it's not Eric Ebron. But if you pick in the top 10, you should you should be able to identify a good player and draft them. So having more bullets for later is always good. So the reason I asked that is because, you know, both you guys um, alluded to how monstrous these contracts are getting because of the, how the market dictates it. So this this poses a big problem because it's kind of like a damn if you do, damn if you don't, that you pay a guy, like say like we'll use Dak as for instance, we pay Dak, they pay Dak, and then it didn't it doesn't work out for some whatever reason. And then now they gotta offload him and you gotta give up so much. So you're actually putting yourself at a year zero or <laughs> or worse, because it's like, you know what, I'll take my chances in the draft versus having a handicap myself with this monstrous contract that I can't yeah, so I actually, anyone else. I actually wrote down here on my notes, I have contract not too bad for Detroit since they aren't competitive. So Correct. that's why like thinking thing on to for a year or two, like like if the Lions were to win one of the next two Super Bowls, that is further proof that we live in the simulation. Like there is this is just not happening. So and the Lions organization needs to know that. So they can hold on to Jared Goff's awful contract and then get rid of it when they're actually maybe they get a couple good draft picks. They're building something. Now they get rid of Goff's contract and go into free agency, you know, sign some disgruntled all-pro cornerback because there's going to be one um, and something like that. So I'm, I'm okay with the contract, uh, the Lions taking on the contract and getting a first-round pick for it because the Lions suck. Just off the cuff, 
You guys remember, obviously, when Nick Foles mm-hmm. got paid? It was a year ago. Jacksonville? A year, yeah, exactly. So, a year, a year in football is like ten years, like dog years. So, we see what happened there. And where is Nick Foles now? Like, is he still uh, actually, I'm there? I mean, where is he? Window when I see him shoveling the sidewalk through the city here. Oh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad to see, I'm glad to see he landed on his feet. You know, this economy it can be hard to find work. So I'm glad that Nick Foles is out here with the job. Yeah, I I just say you know what? Um, I would never, and Dave knows this, knows this from us knowing each other all these years now. I never would tell a guy. I don't care if he's the kicker, punter quarterback defensive end if you're going to get your money get your money because the league the league moves on without you so it shows you how the how the value of a quarterback is and how i don't care if a guy wants to get paid but knowing if you're the franchise you got to know hey we do this <laughs> i got to get something back and we, you know we see a year later a year removed a year removed like nick Foles is it's i'm not gonna say out of the league but inching towards that at some point. I mean, he's got a, he's got a ring, so, you know, that's going to carry some currency for so, him, but you know, these minds, because if it doesn't work out in Detroit, then, what, uh, then where does it go? Honestly, I don't even care. Like, like this this guy's a means to an end. This, <laughs> like, you know, I ain't going to get no Jared Goff jersey. Um, I, I don't care. That, what, okay, so you're so you're answering my you're answering my, my, my 30,000 30 foot thousand foot question is that you know are you guys looking just to maximize okay we could probably grab and go here or we could just say you know what we're going to win a few games with this new neat cap biting coach or whatever and then build for the future so, or um, rack up it's i think i'll say for move on to the super bowl here but the the as, as near as i can tell the lions organization does not want to go 0 and 16 again um and jared goff means that that absolutely will not happen <laughs> Um, Jared Goff is worth probably, you know, Correct. Like, his floor is probably a three-win team. Um, so, you know, they, they got themselves a starting quarterback. They know they're not going to be good for, God, two years at least. So Two years, yeah. So, yeah, years. so he's yep. just at here for that years. and whatever. And if he moves on from this and goes and wins a Super Bowl with New England or something, you know, whatever. Um, but you mentioned um, moving on without people. So now I do want to move on without the Lions and the Jets and talk about the Super Bowl. Um, since we don't know what that's mm-hmm. like, um, but well, well, we wanted to touch on Watson real quick. Do you, you guys still want to do that? So or I figured, I figured we would save the Watson talk until until like he moves, because I would figure at this point like he's he's going to move. Just mention real quick that if Stafford was worth two firsts and a third, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is why I asked. This is why I asked. I want, I, I definitely wanted to hear your take. So please, please, yeah. When, once it, once it actually goes down, we'll. <laughs> We'll we'll get we'll get to that, but I want to talk to um I want to bring in the person who actually knows about having his team in the Super Bowl. Uh, Matt, tell us what it's like to have a team in the Super Bowl and how it's going to go this year. Well, being in the Super Bowl is is an interesting uh, thing because if if it's a first time, like the first year that the Patriots uh, played the Rams, you know that was the second time that I had seen them. Uh, but you know previous seasons had dictated that that may not ever happen again, and I think a lot of teams. You know, feel that way. I mean, Chiefs fans won last year, so they don't feel that way. But I'm sure, you know, with that long drought that they had going into last year's game, they were nervous because, hey, is this going to happen again? And now they probably feel really confident that, oh, we'll just be back every year. Uh, but Bucks fans hadn't been back in what well, hadn't been to the Super Bowl since they won it. Um, you know, 
it, yeah. it's a one game sample and you have two weeks to, to wait for it. I can tell you that I don't like that anymore. <laughs> uh, that just the two weeks in general, because I want to watch the game, but I understand why they do it. You know, maximizing media coverage, all that kind of good stuff, you know, letting players rest, things like that. But um, for this year's game, I find the narratives around it to be about what you think. Uh, you know, everybody's focused on Brady winning a seventh, you know, Mahomes trying to take overtake the mantle and all that. And I find that interesting because if they make it quarterback versus quarterback win, uh, it's really not. It's these two teams against each other, and they are a collection of players that have gotten them to this point. And I don't think Mahomes losing this game makes his legacy any different than any other quarterback who loses in a Super Bowl. I mean, the Bucks are very talented. Uh, and so are the Chiefs. So it's not as if they'd lose to some scrub team the way that, you know, let's say the Patriots losing to the, the Giants the first time. Like that was a team that shouldn't have beaten them, but it's a one game sample. So anything can happen. And that's kind of part of the allure for me. But I wanted to touch on on Brady for a second, if I, if that's OK with you. Absolutely. Guys. What stands out to me about Tom Brady is not the fact that he's won the Super Bowl so many times, because I think we've all talked about that quarterbacks for win, wins are not a quarterback uh, stat for the most part because there's so many different factors that go into a game going one way or the other. Cleve, I mentioned to you this morning about how Sean Payton is a genius coach because an onside kick went their way at the beginning of the half, the second half in the Super Bowl that they won. But they've, but they've never been back. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that bounce goes one way or the other and we, we're talking about a lot of these things much, much differently. Tuck rule is the perfect example for this. But I think what stands out to me about Brady is... If you think about the Super Bowl in terms of like a lottery ticket, how many more of those lottery tickets he's had punched than his contemporaries? So I did a little bit of digging and I picked out quarterbacks in Brady's era, which is basically the entirety of this century. So 2000 to now. And if you think about, go ahead, you gonna say something? No, no. I mean, okay. you're making a great point, and the, the guys won in three different three different well, decades. Yeah. So, so think about think about this: the quarterbacks that have played with Tom Brady this this century: Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Big Ben, Kurt, Kurt Warner, and Andrew Manning. I mean, outside of Eli, all of those guys, um, I mean, are elite. Yeah, they're probably all going to be Hall of Famers, if not already Hall of Famers, right? And here's the thing that stands out to me is all of these guys, like Aaron Rodgers, we would, I think we said, what, two weeks ago that Aaron Rodgers is probably one of the most skilled quarterbacks we've ever seen, right? He's been to the yep. Super Bowl one time. He's had that lottery ticket punched one time. Drew Brees, that lottery ticket has been punched one time, right? Kurt Warner has been to two this century. He's been to three total. Eli's been to two, never went to another one. You know, he won those two. Uh, Manning's the only one that has more than three. He's been to four. And Brady's been to ten. Like, that's what stands out to me is, like, the amount of times that he has had to win it is just so overwhelming. And it's like, think about everything that has to go right in order for that to happen when a lot of his other contemporaries don't get more than two shots for the most part. And when they say... Like, oh, you know, think about Dan Marino after uh, the Super Bowl that he played it and having his tuxedo in the dry cleaning, uh, you know, bag thinking, well, I'll just need this again for next year. And, and then the year after that, never went to another one, never went to another one. And so all of those chances just it's incredible to me. And it's a, it's a testament to his durability and however that is happening i mean he's associated with a doctor who's not a doctor so i have no idea what the hell's going on there and it's not avocado ice cream i have no idea but i think the greatness <laughs> of it is just in how 
many times he has had the ability to be there to win it when so many of his possibly more talented contemporaries haven't had those same chances. Well, to your po- you know to to your point, and that was very well said, brother. To your point, the thing about Brady that I guess impresses me or you know makes this kind of surreal is that uh, the durability in a sport where we saw Andrew Luck walk away, like just could, could not take the punishment. Um, you know, obviously different situation. You know, the, the Colts had a lot to do with that happening to him as well, and of course his style of play. But I think what makes Brady stand out is is the amount of times that he had the opportunity and delivered. Because they could have did like the, the Bills, you know, they went to four straight and they come they came up short four times in a row. Um, I think that you know the Belichick Brady era was great, but I think you cannot measure how much a player wants something. You know, we were we all were. I could go back to week four of the show of, of this podcast. We were all you know casting them off you know we're, you know i know we took fun at them saying that they were frauds and all of that but if brady was wasn't their quarterback do you think we're talking about the bucks in the super bowl i don't think so i don't he's the one player that you kind of don't bet against because of the body of work. Uh, i'm actually about to bet against him so <laughs> bro. <laughs> bro you better hope you better hope Mahomes um, get well COVID. if Mahomes gets over there i lose the bet i guess i could take that out i guess that's uh um, that's reasonable. So yeah, so he's an to bet against Brady because his body of work. So let's talk about betting against Brady. Um, Cleve, who's gonna win this game? Yep. Oh shit! As much as I want the Chiefs, bro, I I just I just as much as I hate Tom Brady. Well, not hate Tom Brady, but obviously he ruined a lot of the years for me. I just think that the superior the superior quarterback is gonna win. Not that I, I'm sorry, the uh, journeyman quarterback is gonna win this game. Uh, versus this, the super, superior arm talent of Mahomes is kind of stinging. Okay, so that so was not the answer I got I expected. the expected. So it blew my bit all the hell, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> uh, I can still, I can, I can still work with this. So, um, so Cleve, let me ask you this: a full roster, top to bottom, which one of these teams is more talented? Oh wow! I mean, the Chiefs, bro. I mean, tight end, running backs. I mean, <laughs> receivers. So you think, you, think, um, you think the full roster, yeah, all fifty-three I mean, they, players? They, you think the Chiefs are more talented? I think the Chiefs are more talented, but if I had to, if I know, I know that you're not asking this part of the question, mm-hmm. I think the Bucks have a better defense. But um, but yes, you know, if I had to take roster for roster, personnel-wise, the Chiefs obviously starting oh, with their. So with what's their funny? My entire bit was set up for you to say Chiefs, and then to point out that the Bucks have a deeper and better roster than Kansas City, and you answered it completely the opposite way. It's just phenomenal. Um, <laughs> see, this is why I shouldn't just presume uh, uh, presume these things. So yeah, so I do want to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl from a betting perspective. Um, because Super Bowl is one of the most, the absolute most fun games of the year to place a bet on, um, or multiple bets on, if if you like, because they offer so many new and interesting things. And since got half the states now have legalized sports betting, including Virginia, where we're at, Michigan just added one mm-hmm. from clearly Cleveland, New Jersey. It's legal. Um, I, I think yep. most of the Northeast yep. is probably legal. So I do want to talk about this a little bit. Um, first and foremost, I do want to say this. If I say I'm going to do something or you decide to make a bet based on something I say and you lose the bet, do not come crying to us. You are grown people making your own decisions. <laughs> this, 
Disclaimer. So if I say like, hey, I really like the Chiefs minus three, and you bet the Chiefs minus three, and then Tom Brady wins the game by four touchdowns, I don't want to hear it. Like, it's it's not my fault. It's your fault for making the same dumb bet that I did. And here's the rule. If you come crying to us because you lost a bet based on something we said, you have to fight Cleve. That's the rule. <laughs> if you beat if you beat Cleve in a fight, then I will hear your complaint. But that, that comes first. So that's, that's the rule. Now, Absolutely. um, that being said, the Chiefs are favored by three points here. It's just a little bit up to minus 117 which means you'd have to bet $117 on the Chiefs winning by by more than three points to win $100. I really like the Chiefs minus three in this spot. I actually bet the Chiefs minus three as soon as the line opened last Sunday um, because I thought it would go up more. Like, I thought the Chiefs should be favored, should be favored by, by more than this. So, clearly, I'm on the, I'm on the Chiefs side here. Uh, Cleve likes the Bucks just outright. He likes the Bucks on the money line. Now, Cleve, you can get the Bucks money line at plus one forty-three. Meaning, if you bet a hundred dollars on the Tampa Buccaneers and they win the game, you will get back two hundred and forty-three dollars. So, if you if, if you really like it, um, I mean, you could also bet ten dollars and get back twenty-four dollars and thirty cents. Um, you know, but if you really like it, you know, you got the opportunity now here in Virginia. But the question is, Matt, split the difference. I think the Chiefs covered the three. Uh, Clean says the Bucks are going to win outright. What do you think is going to happen in this game? I think the Chiefs are just overwhelming. And I think one of the differences, Cleve, to your point about Brady, but I think at this point, you know, Brady is going up against not a new coach. Like LaFleur was a new coach. Um, you know, Peyton wasn't, but they've had, they've had the luxury of Bruce Arians being a better coach in a lot of these games. But now he's going up against Andy Reid, which is a completely different thing. So one of the guys has been there, and that's Andy Reid, and one, and they have that confidence now. They have the confidence to be able to scheme and know what they can do, and they've been in that situation before. And now Arians is getting to the point where, yes, he has a talented team top to bottom, but I, I do think that those game moments are going to end up being a little bit big for him, and he's going to make a decision that may go against something that Tom wants to do, and I just think the Chiefs have uh, the overwhelming ability to score so well uh, and I think they're gonna they're gonna outlast them. I think one of the bets is that Tom Brady in this particular game, knowing that you know after this year he might say one more year and be done with it. I think that if it if it if it comes down to that they're, that they're getting slaughtered, he's gonna start <laughs> doing his coaching on the on the field. He's gonna be like fuck it, we're gonna no. You guys are laughing. I'm dead serious, bro. Like I think I think the competitive fire of why Bill and and, and Tom probably disintegrated was something to that effect is like listen i'm i'm on the field i'm seeing this you know you guys are in the booth and seeing that but let's let's try this um i just think that um if the chiefs get out ahead early it's over but i don't see that happening with the bucks defense they're gonna hold them and then we might see just a half or one quarter of just explosion by the chiefs but i think the bucks will sustain if they if they can sustain their drives and score we got a so I think that's actually very um very interesting what you say there. I just thought, I just got the image of Tom Brady just snatching the headset off of Bruce Arians' head and wearing it on top of his helmet. You you guys remember when Jordan slapped out slapped the uh, clipboard from Doug Collins' hand and took the team? Oh man! You know, what, 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 if you're going to work do? this morning, you're probably not Doug Collins. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um. So yeah. So please, you said that you think that. Uh, you think that so do you think Tampa Bay will get a lead in this game? They have to. They because 
the Chiefs, we know, we all know that they're they're so explosive that one or two plays, that's it. Like you know, uh, Mahomes' red zone is, is the op- is the opposing forty. So we we know this. Everyone everyone knows, and I'm pretty sure that you know they know that as well. So they got to get out. They got to jump. They got to hit them in the mouth. You know, all the all the old fashioned football terms that you could think of. But if they if if Mahomes goes up by three touchdowns, this game is over. This they, they get a three a three score lead. Matt, Tom Brady's not. Matt, how does that. this game go? He's not where Tampa actually wins. Mahomes gets hurt. <laughs> uh, Mahomes gets COVID. Um, Jesus Christ. Something like that. Giselle takes out. Oh, that's actually a good conspiracy theory. Who is Giselle going to take out of the Chiefs in order to let the, the Brady win? That's I don't know. Yeah, like no mask. Like, it's ex Marjorie Taylor Green who Giselle's going to use space lasers to take out. Honestly, I think it is going to look a lot like um, what happened you know, the other day in, in Green Bay. If, if they would have to come roaring out and the Chiefs would have to look just completely inept on all phases of the ball. And I just don't yep. see that happening. But I will say this. If that happens, Cleve, and they're up 28-3 to at halftime and they have the same kind of half that they had against the Packers in the championship game, Chiefs are going to come roaring back. There's no way that you're going to keep them down that much for the entire game. So I, I, I can see that I can see the Bucks getting the ball, you know, jitters on both sides, uh, coming down, scoring a touchdown and being up seven, nothing and having some confidence. But I think I've said so many times and it happened in the one game sample that we had in the regular season where I mean, didn't Tyreek Hill have like 300 yards receiving against the Bucks? It was close. Yeah, it was something like stupid like that. Yeah. yeah. And it was like yeah. it was beyond mad numbers beyond mad numbers it was like and it they're capable of that that's why even if you think you have them they're capable of scoring so damn fast and they have the confidence that they've beaten this team already in the in the stadium even i mean i i think it's it's gonna take a lot for the bucks to get out to lead and hold the lead just because i i don't see that i don't see you being able to hold down the, the Chiefs for that long, and the only team that has had a blueprint that has been consistent has been the Raiders this year. Yeah, because that's and they the, just yeah. chuck it up. And the Raiders had to take all sorts of chances. They basically did to the they they basically went the Reddit stock market route and just said, "Fuck it, we're going to flood the market and just have everything happen." And it just happened to work for them. And <laughs> I mean, th- that's true though. Like that first game that they won, they took all the chances. Just buy, just buying up like, millions of shares of Nelson Aguilar. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> is that going to happen for the Bucks? Like, are they just going to, you know, I mean, they have a lot more talent around them, but is that something that they're going to be able to do? Like, are they going to be able to really chuck and duck the whole time? Are they going to be able to, like, you know, uh, I mean, you know, piecemeal take the ball down the field against the Chiefs? And then what? I mean, the Chiefs sometimes have a two-minute possession thing, and then they get the ball right back. So are they going to be able to go point for point with them if the Chiefs get on a roll? The defense is going to have to, Tampa Bay's defense, which I think is better, they're going to have to really play. Like, they're going to have to keep keep them from doing that, which is, as we just alluded to, it's very hard to do that, knowing that they can score from any from any side, you know, from any point on the field. But I just got a funny feeling that it's going to come down to maybe, uh, if the game's not out of hand, obviously, it come down to a couple of drives and we're going to see some Brady magic. We're going to see, because he doesn't have, he. it's not going to be like the West, uh, was it Wes Walker that dropped the pass? Was, was it Giselle. that guy or was it the other guy? <laughs> well, because she took Giselle. him out. Okay. I think it was. <laughs> she took him out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, 
Uh, I don't see Mike Evans or, or the other other receiver doing that in that moment. Not to say that, that West was a bad receiver, but um, you know, it is what it is. But I just I just kind of see Tom Brady pulling it out. Now, question for you guys: If obviously, and I'm playing this both sides of the coin. If Mahomes wins, does it make him does it make him the greatest one in our era right now that we're seeing, unstoppable? Or if Tom wins, it's just listen. We kind of figured Patrick Mahomes is the most talented quarterback since Peyton Manning, without question. Um, like without question, regardless what happens in this game, Patrick Mahomes' talent level is out of this world. If he loses this one, it won't be his last one. He's just too good. So yeah, that's so. So you answered my question. So we're not gonna look. So if Mahomes loses, we're not gonna be like, oh. You know he, you know he couldn't could win the big one against. I mean, the I'm, 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 I mean, Patrick Mahomes is black. I'm sure that know, there will be some beat. people with with that case that like, oh, look at this guy. He failed. You know, he couldn't beat Tom Brady. He's not actually that good, whatever. But like, that's why I don't watch ESPN. So, um, so I'm not, so I'm not yeah. as, as worried about that. I don't think there's any question <laughs> like that. Patrick Mahomes is just, just, just the absolute truth. I mean, just amazing. I. Pr- I personally don't believe this changes anything about either quarterback's legacy. I mean, if if Tom loses this game, he's six and four in Super Bowls. Is that really changing anything? Because to me, I think the accomplishment is leaving New England after 19 years and then going to his first team and they made the Super Bowl in his first year. I mean, I think that in and of itself is a testament to the talent that they put around him and what he was able to do with that team. And if they lose it, it's like, I mean, they lost to a good team a great team with like the next guy like finally after 20 years of saying that every quarterback that's been drafted is coming for brady's legacy and now we finally have that guy so if he wins the game obviously it just adds on to what we already know but if they lose i don't think that it changes and if mahomes loses i don't think it changes it either because he may end up with a similar six and four record in the super bowl that brady has like he's gonna punch that ticket a lot more often than the contemporaries of his era that's for darn sure to give it a boxing reference, Matt, the way I see it is it's like if if uh, Brady wins, fine. If Mahomes wins, it's like Larry Holmes beating Muhammad Ali. It's like Muhammad was at the end of his career. He beats him, you know, it goes off into the pasture and that's it. You know, I, I just look at kind of what you guys both said and I agree. Um, if Mahomes comes roaring back against Tom, it actually puts him in. He's like, how do you say he's a Hall of Famer? <laughs> He's a Hall of Famer like now. He could do nothing the rest of his career, and he's a Hall of Famer because yep. of what he's accomplished I, uh, in I his first couple of years. So I do want to um, uh, ask you guys a question because I do want to bring up what, what I think is one of the most fun bets actually for any football game, but especially for the Super Bowl because everybody's watching. And that is the bet. You can, there's a prop bet that is first player to score a touchdown. Uh, now, to be clear, this is rushing or receiving. So the quarterbacks only count if they either catch a touchdown pass or they run in a touchdown, right? If they can't, they don't get credit for throwing a touchdown to somebody else. So, Khalid, you said that you think Tampa Bay is going to win. And then you said, I asked you, are they going to get out to a lead? And you said they have to. That tells me that you think Tampa Bay is going to score first. Mm-hmm. So who on Tampa Bay is going to score the first touchdown? Yes. Leonard Fournette. Okay. Mr. Leonard, Leonard Fournette. Fournette. They're gonna run him. They're gonna run him like fucking like you un- Okay. You are so they're gonna run Clay him. Took Leonard Fournette. That's ten and a half to one. So I'm going to put five dollars on that for Cleve. 
Um, if it hits, the only rule <laughs> is that the, you have to reinvest the uh, reinvest the money to something that helps the show. So, but I'll put five dollars on it for Cleve. Okay, Matt, who's going to score the first touchdown of the game? You really don't know who I'm going to say here. I know that you do. <laughs> it's in your heart of hearts. You know exactly. Okay, hang on. Let me scroll down and find him. Let me keep scrolling. Okay, Kevin Brate is twenty two yes. one. That's correct. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> That's great. Bro, it'll be his only catch of the game, but it'll be a five-yard out route for uh, first and goal from the five. Coming out party okay, with yep. the goal line. So both of winning, you guys though. took Tampa players, which I'm a little annoyed about because I also wanted to take a Tampa player. And the reason is that, uh, like, Kansas City <laughs> tends to defer when they win the coin toss, and Tampa Bay tends to receive. But Tampa Bay is very likely to start the game with the ball. So when you're just uh -huh. like, whatever. But I'm going to take a Kansas City player. And now I was going to take Ronald Jones at 18 to 1. And we could just all be on, be on uh, Tampa, but I'm not going to do that. Let me see. Oh, here's something for you, Cleve. This should make you feel a little justified. Byron Pringle is 30 to 1. Le'Veon Bell is 33 to 1. <laughs> good, good job, Lev. Way to, way to contribute. I'm going to take Sammy Watkins. Yep, at 20 to 1. Damn, Sammy's showing up, huh? So here's what we're going to do I'm going to put $5 on each of these. And if it hits, you know, we'll just use the money to reinvest uh, in 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 the show somehow. Um, so if Cleve if Cleve wins, um, he can win fifty two fifty. If Matt wins, he'll win one hundred and ten. And if I win, it'll be a hundred. That'd be amazing. I have some prop okay. up. I want to ask Sounds you guys good. one. This one made me chuckle. So, what will be the first uh, word said? Will it be COVID or pandemic? COVID's minus five hundred. Pandemic plus three hundred. When does it start? When does this count start? Pandemic. I, I don't know. I just love these prop bets because they're so funny. I like the ones that are like the color of the Gatorade poured on the coach and you know, how long is the national anthem going to be? Uh, oh, what was it? This this one's really stupid. How many times will Bill Belichick be mentioned? More than once or less than once? Are you kidding me? He's going to be mentioned like he's going to be mentioned. Wow. Every time what's what's the juice on more than once? More than once is minus That's 175. It? Oh, snap that. <laughs> snap that bet. It's for money. <laughs> Yo, where? Where do where do I where do I go to I don't know, make but these I like, bets, bro? I like this one too. <laughs> I'm have some fun. Um, the coach to have yeah. their nostrils seen first during the game: Andy Reid or Bruce Arians. Ooh, how many oh, times will Giselle man. be shown? What's what's the line? What's the line? Oh, uh, one and a half. Oh, over. They're going yeah. to show her once oh. at the beginning, of course, <laughs> and then if Tom's winning, they're going to show her reaction. If he's losing, they're going to show her reaction. Like they're going to yeah. show her reaction shot. That's a, that's an over. That's, lock it up. Yeah. Last one. How many commercials will have a dog in it? The line's four and a half. <laughs> I know. It's I just like wow. some of this stuff makes me laugh. Yeah, I just this. But is I good do stuff. like the nostrils thing dude. because uh, to me, like, uh, what's going to be funny is if they if you make that bet and then Andy Reid wears the face shield because he's been wearing the bird beak looking mask recently. Um, but I, I, I see Arians as the guy that like slip <laughs> under his nose first, personally. Who's gonna put the uh, the Ooh. mask on top of the face shield? The Lions. You know, it's funny that, that this. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, this 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 year's Super Bowl with all the COVID stuff, it does actually make some of these things a little bit more interesting in that regard because you have so much more to look at that you wouldn't normally care about like Cleve, remember in the first game you and i were texting about andy reed fogging up the glass on his face shield 
and it just was amazing <laughs> yes. because it, it was so fogged up and we were dying over it but we normally wouldn't even notice that kind of stuff yeah i mean i i, I like coughing oh with God. the with the face burn in the cold i'm like bro get him a fucking <laughs> he, scarf did he even have a winter hat on didn't he have like nothing on no, he's just like fucking bare head, bro. His cheeks are on fire. And I'm like, he's bro, like the epitome of I'm old scarf. It's like you're also about ready to die too. Like, anyway, it's already <laughs> hijacked that Dave. I just saw some of these uh, other prophets and thought they were funny. Where do I go to? Like, where? Like, where would I today? Where would I go? Obviously, we're not giving a disclaimer. We're not giving advice where you got you know uh, to bet on things. Obviously, but where do we, uh, like so where would I? Would I'm asking for me. Where would I go to make these bets? And duel. Um, but what you're going to do is you're going to wait for me to email you a link. Um, okay. you know, so I get so I can get my get my taste too. So okay. from Jersey, you know how that works. Oh. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, DraftKings and FanDuel, I think are the two are the two best so far. Matt's props, I'm not sure if they're from a legal American sports book, so I'm not sure we want to give it out here. Not that I particularly care, but oh, um, it's on US. It's on USA Today. Oh, oh, oh okay. Well, yeah, I don't think you can bet them on USA Today, but that'd be awesome. You flip open the New York Times and place a bet, but um. Oh, and it says it says here all betting lines via BetMGM Sportsbook. Oh, BetMGM is legal. Okay. Oh, yeah. There you, yeah, there that, you go. Mentioning oh, okay. over Belichick is just that, that's a lot. That seems like easy yeah, money, right? I gotta get. Um, also, also, Matt, can you tell me <laughs> yeah, I gotta get lines, what was what was the line on first to mention COVID or pandemic? <laughs> yes, COVID was minus five hundred. Pandemic was plus three. Mm, see, uh, God, but that's. No, because they're going to say the COVID it's gonna pandemic, pandemic, it's gonna be pandemic COVID comes bro. first. That's why it's your favorite. Yeah, that's why the bet's out there. Yeah, that's why it makes it interesting, because you're like, how are they going to say it? Are you going to say, it in you know, still in the midst of a pandemic or in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic? Like, you have to think about how that would be said. It's almost like you have to go back to every bra- Who's Who's doing the game? CBS. Romo. Oh, CBS. All right, so... All right, so Cleve, you have to go back to the first game that Nance and Romo did this season and listen to how they came into the game, if they mentioned the pandemic at all, and how they said it, because I would bet my bottom dollar that's exactly how Nance is going to come into it this time. He's going to say it? Okay. Which means you have to go find that on YouTube, nice. which I don't even know where you'd go to find that. Hello, friends. COVID-19 wow. pandemic. Maybe that's how it's going. <laughs> A tradition, unlike any other. Oh, wait, sorry. That's the other thing he does. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so I think that, you know, the reason that I like the first touchdown, the first touchdown bet, is that, like, if you bet the entire game, you spend, like, if you're betting, like, the Chiefs minus three, unless the game gets out of hand one way or the other, you're, like, worried about your bet the entire time. But if you bet the first touchdown bet, as soon as somebody scores, you either win or you lose, right? And you can watch the game. That's why I like that one. Any final thoughts on that? Um, about this, yeah, about just I hope that nobody between now and then gets someday. COVID. Uh, not just for their health, but also so that we see the full, the fully staffed teams. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm looking for uh, as much as we like blowouts and scoring. I'm looking for a good hard fought game, and you know, two two sides it's on the edge of our seats. You know, that kind of game. We deserve that as fans. Matt. <laughs> oh um, no! Actually, Matt? I don't. I think I've said everything that I possibly could want to say. Go <laughs> no, <laughs> it's gonna be the fucking MVP, bro. Um, any, any, any actually, good? Yes. Uh, so, good story to Cleve, speak I from? think you'll love this. Uh, EA Sports is coming back with a hell yes, they are. Game. 
they yes they are they they they, they, they officially the yep they officially out, announced bro. it and it looks like they partnered with the collegiate licensing uh company so hopefully they're not using you know names and likenesses i don't believe of the current players or whatever but uh it's nice to see that they finally settled that out because i know i love to play it when i was in college and after college so oh yeah i, I... Yeah, the one absolutely. I still play 14 still has I Denard still, Robinson on the he's a cover athlete. I've got so. every single NCAA game games are, so that yes. EA's ever made, including Bill Walsh College Football back in the day. I love NCAA football the same way John Gruden loves running the football. Nice. So you can just imagine how my reaction when I saw this face. <laughs> wow, that, that actually made my day, bro. Like I I'm, I'm I love when you guys say stuff that I don't like get the chance to get. So that's I'm gonna do some reading up and see how that yep. you know when you know when it's launched and all of that kind of stuff. So I could track it. All right. All right. Well, guys, it's been a this has been twenty almost twenty one weeks of recording. It's been awesome. It's been awesome, awesome, awesome. Looking forward to the Super Bowl reaction show and then obviously going into our off season at some point. But uh, it's been it's been really really cool. I, I know that you know with the everything that's going on pandemic wise, so put your money on that. Um, that we, you know, we have lives and, you know, you guys dedicate this time to this show. And, you know, thank you so much for always, you know, putting that little hour, an hour and a half aside for yeah, us that, to do this. No, uh, really, no really, worries really there, so we can keep so. it going when the world gets back to normal. In person, hopefully, as I have refloored yeah. our new recording studio. Nice. That Complete be with a mini fridge. That will be great. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right so we'll uh i'm pretty sure we'll be texting during the game you know each other like we always do all right and uh i'm looking forward to talking to you guys right, have next a good, week have a good weekend fellas peace